Chapter 4 of Stories of the Royal Humane Society by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Famous Swimmer. On the 22nd of April, 1873, while the steamship Russia was crossing the Atlantic on a voyage from New York to Liverpool, a sailor named Michael Haynes fell from the rigging into the sea. A stiff breeze was blowing at the time, and the vessel was cutting through the water at a rate of fourteen and a half knots an hour. Immediately on perceiving what had happened, another sailor named Matthew Webb jumped overboard to the rescue. Haynes was by this time a considerable distance astern, and making desperate efforts to keep afloat. Knowing that there was not a moment to lose, Webb swam with all speed towards the unfortunate man, but before he could reach him, he had sunk to rise no more. A seaman's cap, tossing on the waves, marked the place where he had gone down, and Webb dived several times in the hope of recovering the body, but without success. Meanwhile, the steamer had been stopped, and a boat lowered to assist in the work of rescue. Webb was picked up about half a mile away, and then the sailors continued to row round the spot for some time, keeping a bright lookout in all directions, in the hope that Haynes might be found. But in vain, and they eventually returned to the ship. Though he had suffered somewhat from cold, the brave swimmer was not in the least exhausted by his great exertions, and to the surprise of everyone, after changing his wet clothes, he resumed his duties on deck as if nothing unusual had happened. To show their admiration of Webb's bravery, the passengers on board the Russia made a subscription on his behalf and in an hour they presented the hero with the sum of £100, in acknowledgment of the plucky attempt that he had made to save his shipmate's life at the risk of his own. Another subscription was also set on foot, for the benefit of the widow and children of the lost man, to which Webb also contributed. When the Russia arrived in England, all the facts of the case became known, and an account of the occurrence was laid before the Royal Humane Society. Though Webb had not succeeded in saving life, the institution showed their appreciation of his gallant act by awarding him the Stanhope Gold Medal, the first that had ever been given. The presentation was made by the Duke of Edinburgh, who said, I am sure it will afford you all great gratification, as it certainly does me, to see so gallant a man receive this distinction for his brave conduct. I have the greatest pleasure, Webb, at being the medium of placing it in your possession. Though this daring deed brought Webb into public notice, it is as one of the most extraordinary swimmers of modern times, rather than as a Stanhope gold medalist, that he is best known. 
in the limited space at our disposal we can however only refer to the two most famous performances which are linked with his name these are his great channel swim and his attempt to cross the whirlpool at niagara falls about one o'clock on tuesday the twenty fourth of august eighteen seventy five captain webb as he was now called jumped off the admiralty pier at dover amid the cheers of a great crowd of spectators accompanied by a lugger and two stout rowing boats he struck out into the channel the day was warm and the sea was perfectly calm and in about two hours he had left the white dear cliffs of dover far behind during the next eight hours webb continued to breast the channel with undiminished vigour only pausing now and again for a cup of beef tea or hot coffee in reply to the questions of his friends in the boats as to how he was feeling he replied all right shortly after nine o'clock he called out that a jellyfish had stung him and to prevent any evil consequences the wound was rubbed with brandy about midnight the mail steamer on her way to calais passed near the swimmer and as the passengers and crew caught sight of him they raised cheer after cheer which as webb declared raised the heart within him and gave him fresh strength and courage he had now been twelve hours in the water and had reached a point about nine miles from the french shore throughout the night a skilled diver sat in the bow of one of the boats ready at a moment's notice to spring to webb's assistance should cramp or exhaustion make such an aid necessary when morning broke his friends saw that the long exposure was beginning to tell and they began to fear that after all the attempt would end in failure strange to say as time went on webb took less and less nourishment though the hardest part of his task was yet to come about five o'clock a wind sprang up which dashed the waves in the swimmer's face and greatly impeded his progress after struggling on bravely for a time he called out the wind is killing me by inches he no longer struck out with his former vigour his face looked grey and aged and it was apparent to those in the boats that success or failure would be decided in a few minutes suddenly a hearty british cheer rang out across the waves it came from some of the sailors of the mail steamer which had passed him the night before and who now had come out in a small boat to see the finish of the plucky swim pulling to windward they placed their boat between him and the waves and cheered him on as only sailors can there was now no doubt about the issue of the struggle the shore was only half a mile distant and webb nerved himself for a final spurt yard by yard he approached the goal of his ambition cheered at almost every stroke by an excited crowd on the beach 
yard by yard he lessened the distance until at length he touched the ground being too weak to stand he fell down thoroughly exhausted two men rushed into the water and helped him ashore it was then forty-one minutes past ten and webb had been swimming for twenty-one hours and three-quarters what mattered aches and pains he had accomplished his object and that more than repaid him for all his exertions he was put to bed at once and left in charge of a medical man on the following morning he awoke almost as fresh as if nothing unusual had happened he therefore returned to england where he received a most enthusiastic welcome i can only say webb afterwards remarked when speaking of his great swim that the moment when i touched the calais sands and felt the french soil beneath my feet is one that i shall never forget were i to live for a hundred years i was terribly exhausted at the time and during the last two or three hours i began to think that after all i should fail on the following day after i had had a good night's rest i did not feel very much the worse for what i had undergone i had a peculiar sensation in my limbs somewhat similar to that which is often felt after the first week of the cricket season and it was a week before i could wear a shirt collar owing to the red raw rim at the back of my neck caused by being obliged to keep my head back for so long a period for some years matthew webb continued to perform swimming feats which not only filled the spectators with wonder but also called forth the unbounded admiration of all who heard of these marvellous displays of pluck and endurance these performances are far more deserving of being recorded in a book of daring deeds than his attempt to swim across niagara an enterprise which even the most friendly critic cannot characterize as anything but foolhardy we however include it more as a warning than as an example for imitation the brave man is not he who rushes aimlessly into danger without regard to the risk but he who knowing the risk braves the danger that he may accomplish some good action at four o'clock on the twenty fourth of july eighteen eighty three webb dived into the water from a boat stationed at a point a little distance above the old suspension bridge and was at once carried down the rapids at a terrific pace in a few minutes he was in a most turbulent part of the current where at one moment he was lifted high on the crest of a wave and at the next he sank into the awful hollow several times he was struck by a wave and for a few seconds disappeared from sight once he was drawn under by the current and when he reappeared he was one hundred and fifty yards down the river more than once a cry of despair was wrung from the spectators who lined the banks 
scarcely ten minutes had passed since he entered the water when at a frightful speed he was swept into the neck of the whirlpool for one moment his head was seen above the angry waters but to all appearance he was absolutely at the mercy of the furious current this was the last time that he was seen alive his body was afterwards found four miles farther down the river End of chapter 4